You're listening to teaching from the Castle Hills Christian Church in San Antonio, Texas. More information about Castle Hills Christian Church is available at chccsa.com. Keep your eyes wide. Keep them wide open. Hmm. If I'm being honest, like even though this is a Dr. Seuss book and it's a children's book, I might struggle with this line. Keep your eyes wide, keep them wide open. I mean, I I start to ask this question, have I ever actually learned how to see? I'm faced with this question. I don't know if I've ever actually learned how to see clearly. And when I think about this question and when I think about this Christmas story that we've been going through and how Israel has been waiting and waiting and waiting for their Messiah, I can't help but ask this question of them too. Have they actually learned how to see? Because you see, the Christmas story that we've been going through is this moment in which exactly what Israel was waiting for had come into the world. I don't know if Israel actually learned how to see and they've been waiting on this Messiah. Here's, here's a, a verse that kind of recognizes this. Isaiah chapter six, you have Isaiah's call from the Lord, okay? And, and he sees this vision and he describes, oh my goodness, I saw the Lord sitting upon his throne and, and the train of his robe filled the temple. And then you have seraphim all around proclaiming, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. All of the earth is full of his glory. And then God says, who will I send? Who will go for us? Isaiah says, here am I, Lord, send me. And the message that God has for Isaiah to give Israel is this. Go and say to this people, keep on hearing, but do not understand. And then catch this, keep on seeing, but do not perceive. Israel might have had eyesight. They might have, with glasses or without glasses, have been able to see the things around them. But I'm not sure they actually ever learned how to see. Israel is waiting for their Messiah. And we wait. We know what it's like to wait. Last night, my mom made a really good pork chop dinner, and I smelt it in my room about an hour before it was ready. I had to wait a whole hour to eat that. That is crazy to me. We wait if we maybe get layover at an airport and we just get a little bit frustrated at the amount of time that it takes to get going. We might wait in the doctor's office if it's a busy day. We hear the doctor will be right with you, but then we know that means at least an hour, right? But, but we wait, and maybe it's on a more serious note, we wait for our loved one to accept an invitation to come to church, or we wait to, to have our hearts awakened by the Lord to get through a tough situation. But might I suggest to you that our wait, the word we use for wait, doesn't compare to the anticipation Israel had for their long-awaited Messiah. And the problem is that even though they wait, they don't actually see. And so I ask myself, have I ever actually learned to see? Keep your eyes wide, keep them wide open. Hmm. We've been going through a series and we've talked about the Christmas story so far already um, the last few weeks. Last week we talked about the song of the shepherds and the, and the way that they sang and the angels sang and, and they came to Jesus. We talked about Mary a couple weeks ago and her song of praise to God for what was going on uh, in her life. And Jesus has come and we got to celebrate that last week. I hope you guys had a Merry Christmas. Uh, but the story is not over yet. 
because there's one more character that I want to talk about today, and his name is Simeon. We're going to be in Luke chapter 2, verses 22 through 25, or 35. If you want to grab your Bibles, go ahead. I've got it up on the screen as well. Uh, but we're going to talk about Simeon. Now, I'm going to read the first few verses just to set us up with some context uh, in chapter 2 of Luke, verse 22, and then ending in 24. And when the time came for their purification, according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. That would be Mary and Joseph bringing Jesus to Jerusalem. And they did this as it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And then verse 24, and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now, I just want to note a couple of things here so that we set ourselves up for this character that we're about to introduce. Mary and Joseph come into the temple with Jesus. Now, he would be about a month old at this time, uh, and, and they're coming to the temple in Jerusalem to Jesus to offer sacrifices so that Mary could be clean. Again, there are different regulations that the law of Moses had set in place for firstborn children and how they need to be presented to the Lord and how someone could become ceremonially clean for worship again after giving birth to a child. And Mary is going through this process right now. And she offers the sacrifice of two turtle doves. Now, did you know that when you actually sing the 12 days of Christmas in that second verse, it says on the second day of Christmas, my true love gave to me, what does it say? Two turtle doves. That's actually from this verse. So there you go. It's a Christian Christmas song. What a dream, right? So it's right here. They offer two turtle doves. And we know the two things from these couple of verses just to set context up. First is that Mary and Joseph were uh, poor. In Leviticus chapter 12, the sacrifice that is actually asked for is a lamb, and then it adds a caveat in verse 8 that says, if they're unable to afford a lamb, then they can do uh, two turtle doves. And so they offer this sacrifice. The, the main thing that it tells us is that Mary and Joseph were actually really good Jews who followed the law of Moses. Even in verse 21, before we started reading, they had Jesus circumcised on the eighth day, and then they're going through all of these regulations to get set up because they were faithful to the Lord's law. And then we get introduced to a character named Simeon. So that's the context. That should be a good catch-up for us. They are in the temple area in Jerusalem, and this guy walks in, verse 25. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him, and it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed. And a sword will pierce through your own soul also so that through the thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. What a beautiful, beautiful picture of someone who noticed Jesus and responded in praise to God appropriately. 
Now, there are a couple of things just as far as setting up a character development behind Simeon that I just want to talk about and briefly go over. So there are some things we can know about Simeon. They're up on the screen. The first is that the text describes him as righteous and devout. That's a pretty big deal. Not a lot of people in the Bible get such words attributed to themselves. And so the fact that Luke is giving these details to us is really, really neat. Number two is that the Holy Spirit was upon him, which is also a really, really big deal. It is the Holy Spirit who would eventually lead him into the temple where Jesus was. Number three is that he's old, or at least we think. The text doesn't actually tell us if he's old. We can safely assume that based off of the idea that God had promised that he would see the Messiah before he had seen death. So we kind of imagine that he's old, but he could be like 24. We don't, we don't know. And maybe he was a priest. It would kind of make sense since he's in the temple and in Jerusalem and he was already righteous and devout and he was waiting for this consolation of Israel. Uh, Mostly we know that God promised him he would see the Messiah before death and that he grabbed Jesus and began to praise God. Now, how many of you parents, if you, you know, had a month-old baby and you walked into uh, the foyer out there, first time in church in a while because you're nursing the kid and, and then some stranger walks up and grabs your kid and starts to praise, that would be a little bit uncomfortable, right? I know I would be uncomfortable, but, but for here, not so. It says in the next verse that Mary and Joseph marveled at what was said about him. This is a beautiful and appropriate response from Simeon. Uh, But perhaps the most important thing that I want to note about Simeon and and, and the rest of the time we're going to spend talking about this idea is that number seven, Simeon was finally a man who could see. He could see. Hey, hey, maybe, maybe it wasn't necessarily uh, the eyesight. He, couldn't, he could see the things in front of him like I can just fine there. But, but he actually learned how to see and notice what was standing right in front of him. He saw Jesus. He was a man who could see. He had been anticipating and waiting and waiting and waiting for the Lord's deliverance in this Messiah, and he had finally seen. A couple weeks back, I got the chance to go to Arrowhead Stadium. I don't know how many of you guys would be familiar with that. That's where the Kansas City Chiefs play their football games up in Kansas City. Um, we, we went into Arrowhead, and this is, this is a picture of the, the field before it kind of got going. This is about 20 minutes before kick. And so later you would see the stands fill in and everyone would get up on their feet. We didn't sit down the whole game. Everyone was up on their feet and yelling. And I've been a Chiefs fan for a long time. That's one of those things that I was glad to inherit from my dad. And I know we've got some Steelers fans, Cowboys fans all over the place. Um, but, But one of the really cool things is that my whole life I had been anticipating and waiting for a chance to go see Arrowhead and see and experience what a game would be like. Because I had heard over and over and over again how loud it was. I had heard how amazing it was. I had heard how cool it was to see the players out there on the field. And I had heard and heard and heard. And this past couple of weeks was the second time that I've actually got to go to Arrowhead and experience the game. Arrowhead Stadium is the loudest outdoor stadium in the world. They hold the record at 242.2 decibels. Put that in perspective, 220 decibels is a loud rock concert. And so like you go to a really loud rock concert and your ears are hurting and then you increase it by 20 decibels and that's about what Arrowhead Stadium's like. This place is loud. Headache in the first quarter, but it's so much fun. It was a blast. 
And the moment had come in these two times that I've been able to go where my anticipation and my waiting and what I had heard about had actually become reality and I got to see what it was like. And it changed the way that I watched the Chiefs and it changed the way that I cheered on my team. Simeon, similarly, is at a point where he was anticipating and waiting. He had heard about the salvation of the Lord, but now he finally got to see it. Key in on verses 26 and 30 from chapter 2. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Uh, Verse 30, for my eyes have seen the salvation of the Lord. Simeon learned how to see. And once he saw Jesus, he realized that the Lord's salvation had come and it had come for all people. All people, this is the song that he sings, that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And the song that Simeon sings is not an unfamiliar song. This is a song that has been projected throughout the Old Testament and Simeon knew his Old Testament. He let that teach him how to learn how to see. And when he noticed Jesus, he was able to sing this song in response that this salvation is for all people. And what actually happens is really true. He, 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 he tells about the Lord's salvation through the this Messiah, this baby Jesus, and we see later in our gospel that Jesus lives and then he dies and then he raises again, saving and conquering. And then in the book of Acts chapter one, verse eight, Jesus gathers with his disciples and he says, I go, I will make you witnesses in, in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and then what? To the ends of the earth. That's a song echoed from Isaiah chapter 49, verse six, which says that God's salvation is going to reach the ends of the earth. Simeon saw Jesus and began to sing a song of praise of God's salvation for all people. He saw Jesus. Simeon noticed when the Lord was at work because he kept his eyes open. Keep your eyes wide. Keep them wide open. Hmm. And so to you guys today, if there's one thing I want to encourage you in, it's this, to you, keep your eyes open and see when the Lord is at work. Keep your eyes open and see when the Lord is at work. Now, how many of you guys are into New Year's resolutions? Show of hands, some of us are, some of us aren't. I know I've made some in the past that I've probably never followed through on. Uh, But I did a little bit of looking, and some of the most popular New Year's resolutions are up here. Number one is to eat healthier. And so for me, that would mean eating two salads instead of one this year. So I think I can do that. I think I can. Get more exercise is number two. So for, for me, I think that means walking to the library on campus at school instead of driving to the library. And then to save more money. And now, for me, that looks like mooching off of my parents for a couple more months. You know what I mean? We've all got these New Year's resolutions, and whether you make one or not, or whether you follow through on one or not, I just want to challenge you. A couple of days from now, we'll bring in the new year, and I want to encourage you and challenge you with a New Year's resolution for all of us, and it's this. New Year's resolution, learn how to see. Learn how to see. Keep your eyes open and see when the Lord is at work. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay also aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame 
and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. If you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above. Where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God, set your minds on the things that are above, not on the things that are on earth. In other words, learn how to see, keep your eyes open, and see when the Lord is at work. When you truly see Jesus, just as Simeon saw, you will notice when the Lord is at work. And so what does that look like practically? This year, commit to asking yourself at the end of every day a question and and ponder it. Ask yourself, where did I see Jesus today? Where did I notice him in my life? Where did I notice him in the lives of those around me? Uh, Commit to praying prayers that that ask the Lord to help train your eyes to see him more clearly. Uh, Literally, uh, like stare at a picture of Jesus for 10 minutes every week if you have to so that whenever you close your eyes, the back of your eyelids, all that you see is this man who has saved you. Get rid of the distractions or the sins that might be blocking your eyes from, from transfixing your gaze upon his face. Do whatever it takes so that you are able to see Jesus. Keep your eyes open and see when the Lord is at work. Because if you see Jesus, that will affect the way that you do things. You'll be given joy and you'll see the image of God in others. You'll, you'll feel blessed despite circumstances, good or bad. But more importantly than all of that, you'll sing the same song of Simeon, that God's salvation is for all people and your life will hopefully start to reflect that in the way that you treat others. The Lord is at work right now all over the world. As you sit down, don't miss it. Don't miss when the Lord is at work. Because, I mean, I've got these glasses, and and I can see with them, I guess. I I can see better with them than without them. Uh, but, But I still come back to this question, have I ever actually learned how to see? And if I'm being completely vulnerable and honest with you, the answer is probably no. Because I've missed Jesus this week. I've missed him in the way that I've treated others. I've missed him in some of the, the attitudes that I've presented. I've missed him in the way that I've prepared for this message. I've missed him uh, in so many different ways this weekend. Or in the, yeah, this weekend, this week. And it's because I actually haven't learned how to see. And, and so my prayer for us today is, as we leave is that we would just think and ponder about what it would look like for us to, uh, to gather around Jesus as Simeon does and to actually see him, to actually notice his salvation in the world and to sing that song of praise in response. Keep your eyes open and see when the Lord is at work. I think I've actually read that somewhere. Dr. Seuss, last page of this book. So that's why I tell you, keep your eyes wide. Keep them wide open. Keep your eyes open and see when the Lord is at work.